Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This weekly radio program is brought to you by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We now invite you to stay tuned for our message this morning. Good morning and happy Lord's Day. Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. This is Elder David Wise here with you this morning, and we welcome you on behalf of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, where I serve as pastor in Ackerman, Mississippi, and Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, where Elder Joe Nettle serves as pastor. And we invite you to come and worship with us on Sunday mornings at both of our churches, if you're in the area, Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We also have a joint meeting on Wednesday nights in Starkville, Mississippi, beginning at 6 o'clock p.m. at the New Covenant Church on West Garrett Road in Starkville. So we invite you to come out and worship with us. And if you're not in the North Mississippi area, then you can go to our website to find a church that may be closer to you. Also, you can get our contact information on our website. We'd love to get an email from you or get correspondence if you have any questions or any feedback, or we can help you in any way, we would certainly love to have that opportunity. So please contact us if you enjoy the program and let us know through what means you listen through radio or through podcast or another medium. This morning, we'd like to continue our thoughts on spiritual warfare. And as we continue to examine our enemies, the scouting report on our, on our enemies, this morning, we'd like to look at unclean spirits and devils and all of Satan's minions that afflict us on behalf of Satan and on behalf of the kingdom of darkness. So we hope you can stay with us and we'll bring that message to you right after this song.
Hello and good morning again. This is Elder David Wise here with you on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. And during my time on the program, we have been trying to consider together spiritual warfare and making sure that we have all of the appropriate tools and knowledge to fight a good warfare of faith against Satan and all of our enemies. And we're trying to consider a scouting report of some of our enemies. And last time we considered the devil and the origin of the devil and his deception, his wily tactics, the father of lies, the father of murder. But we also need to be reminded that Satan is not alone. Satan is one entity. He's not a person, but he's one fallen angel. He is one entity. But there are many other fallen angels and unclean spirits and devils that are in this spiritual reality that we cannot see around us. And again, that's very sobering to realize that there are angels that fight on our behalf. Praise God that God's angels encamp round about them that fear him. But also on the other side of God's angels are Satan's devils and Satan's unclean spirits. And they are continually trying to afflict us with many types of temptation. And Satan can't be everywhere at one time. He's not omniscient. He's certainly not omnipresent, but he has a very good network, unfortunately in his kingdom of darkness, and he has many unclean spirits to afflict God's people all around the globe, and we need to be aware of that reality. I mentioned these in some prior messages, but I'd like to specifically highlight them again, some books that would be very good for you to read as you have time. First of all, The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis, which is describing a senior tempter, a senior devil, Screwtape, who's instructing a young up-and-comer named Wormwood and saying, this is how you afflict God's child. It's almost like you have references in scripture to the possibility of personal angels, that little children have angels that are possibly specifically assigned to them. And scripture doesn't give us a lot of information on that, but there are references to it. But C.S. Lewis kind of gives the opposite spectrum of that, that there is a devil that's specifically assigned to you. And if that is how Satan does things, then it certainly makes sense that God would assign an angel to protect you. If, If that's true. Scripture does not focus on these too much, but we know that they're out there. But we know that there are billions of angels, thousands of thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. There are possibly billions of angels, and there's probably billions of God's elect on the earth. Well, it's very possible that there's just as many devils that are working on Satan's behalf, okay? So there are just probably millions of maybe even more than millions, but there are probably millions of unclean spirits and devils that are working under the direction of Satan to try to afflict God's people. And we need to be aware of that, that there is most likely, as C.S. Lewis presents in the Screwtape Letters, a devil that's personally assigned to us individually to tempt us. And then also this present darkness, which gives a very fictional depiction of the different ranks in this kingdom of darkness. There's a lot of references to thrones and principalities and powers. We know that Michael is the archangel on God's side. Well, then we have a reference to Beelzebub, who's the prince of devils on Satan's side. So you have this hierarchy, so to say, of angels, and you have a hierarchy of fallen angels. And they are orchestrated like an army. I mean, if you think about it like that, that Michael is described as being the prince, but then Beelzebub is the prince of devils. And then you have thrones and dominions 
dominions and principalities and powers, and it's almost like there's different ranks. Jesus said that he could at any time ask for a legion of angels, and God would send it to him. And a legion is a military company. It's a vision of the military. And this, again, emphasizes the spiritual warfare that we are in. Jesus said, I have a legion, a designated group of militant angels that I can dispatch at any time. Then there are references to devils that were in a man during Jesus' ministry, and they describe themselves as legion. Okay, so there are military ranks within both God's angels and the fallen angels. We get that idea, again, of principalities and powers, but also this reference to a legion, which is a military division. It's a military rank. You kind of have that picture with both screw tape letters and this present darkness that you have these experienced senior captains, if you will, but then you have these young privates that they're teaching how to tempt God's people. So we'd like to try to examine a scouting report of some of these unclean spirits so we can have more information to properly equip ourselves in this warfare. So first of all, we just need to understand the sobering reality that God's children can be afflicted and God's children can be tempted by not just Satan, but by these unclean spirits. By the way, the scriptures never use the term demon. Scriptures don't use the King James Version of the Bible does not use the term demon, but it does use the word devil consistently. So I'm not going to use the word demon because that's not scriptural, but devil is scriptural. So we have the devil, but then we have multiple plurality of devils and unclean spirits that are working on Satan's behalf. So I'd like to look at 1 Samuel chapter 16, and we see here King Saul, and King Saul is a child of God, but he's a child of God who's living in sin. And when someone chooses to remove themselves from the safety and protection of the flock, they choose to remove themselves from the church and from the close proximity of the shepherd, then that puts them in great danger, doesn't it? And Saul was living in sin. He was living in rebellion to God. So then God removes his manifest Manifest providential special presence from Saul. And it makes references quite a few different times in 1 Samuel chapter 16 that God sent an evil spirit. 1 Samuel 16 and 23. It came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took a harp and he played and then Saul tried to kill him with the javelin. And that's a very interesting language, right? That it says this evil spirit from God was upon Saul. Well, let's back up to verse 14 that I think gives us some better language to be able to understand this. 1 Samuel 16 and verse 14. But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. So this is consistently presented here as an evil spirit from God. Now, did God send a devil to tempt Saul? Well, no, of course not. God would never sully his hands with that. Any temptation comes from man and it comes from Satan. It does not come from God. But I think we can see here how this evil spirit arrived. We find in verse 14, number one, the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Now, does that mean he lost his eternal life? 
No, no, Saul didn't lose his eternal life. He didn't lose the effects of regeneration in his heart. But the manifest presence of the Spirit of God removed from Saul's life because of his rebellion against God. And just like we see in the book of Job, as soon as God removed his providential hedge, what is the immediate filling of that vacuum. You know, nature abhors a vacuum, right? And what happens immediately when God removes his providential hedge? Well, Satan comes and destroys all of Job's possessions and his flocks and kills his 10 kids. He afflicts Job's body and has severe boils on his body to make Job suffer in hopes that he would turn against God. And that gives the idea, which should be so sobering for us, Saul was living in sin. And because he was living in sin, God removed his manifest presence from him. And what immediately filled that vacuum? It was an evil spirit. So God did not create this evil spirit. He didn't really even send this evil spirit. That is just the natural disposition of this world that when God removes his providential hedge, what immediately comes? An evil spirit to tempt us. Satan fills that vacuum. And God suffered that to occur. Why? Because of Saul's rebellion, because of Saul's sin. And that should be so sobering to us that if we live in rebellion to God, if we live in sin, then God is just to remove that providential hedge from us. And what will immediately happen when God removes his providential hedge? An evil spirit will show up. Satan will take advantage of that, okay? So it's a reality that God's children can be influenced, that they can be tempted, that they can be moved by these evil spirits. We know that Peter, right after he had this amazing confession of Jesus Christ as the Son of God, in Matthew chapter 16, then Jesus says about him going to the cross and being crucified. And he said, God forbid, God forbid that you would do that. And that's the type of language that Satan would use, right? Satan is the one who was trying to prevent Christ from going to the cross. But now Peter is being influenced by Satan. And Jesus says as much in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 23. He turns to Peter and he said, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. So Peter, an apostle, a chosen vessel, a born-again child of God, but in that moment, he was being influenced by Satan. In that moment, he was being moved and guided and influenced by the unclean spirit. We have this reference in 2 Timothy chapter 2 that the servant of the Lord, beginning in verse 24, must not strive, but be gentle and patient in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. These are the people that are in King Saul territory. They are living in sin. They're opposing themselves. If peradventure God will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Now, at his will. That does not mean that Satan is sovereign. We need to make sure we, need, we understand that as we consider Satan and his kingdom. Satan is not sovereign. He only has as much authority and ability 
as God suffers him to have. But if there's a child of God that's living in sin, which by the way, that's a, a significant aspect of God's chastisement of making a child of God so miserable that should lead them to repentance. That's what we do when we turn someone out of the church, when they're living in sin. You have that reference in 1 Corinthians 5, that there's this man that's living in gross, unrepentant sin, and he says, look, you need to turn him out of the church unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Part of the reason why God suffers Satan and these unclean spirits to come to us from time to time is to convict us and to afflict us and to make us miserable as a means of chastisement to bring us to repentance. But it is a possibility. Some people would say that a child of God, you have nothing to worry about. You cannot be influenced. You cannot be possessed. You can have no confusion or possession or anything of an unclean spirit. And I want to tell you, that's just not true. That's just not true. If we remove ourselves from the manifest presence of God, especially if we remove ourselves from the kingdom and from the church, we are in dangerous territory as a lost sheep to be deceived and influenced and maybe even filled up with these unclean spirits. There are so many unclean spirits that Jesus cast out during his ministry. And I just personally believe, I don't have any scripture to back this up, but this is just David's opinion and you take it for just that. I don't believe that he was casting out unclean spirits of unregenerate people, okay? I believe that he is casting out unclean spirits of his children. So it's possible that people were born again at the exact moment that Jesus cast those devils out of them. That's possible. But it's also possible that they were children of God that were living in sin, and then in those environments of sin, they got deceived by unclean spirits, and then Jesus cast them out. Think about the wild Gadarene. And he says, look, you go home and you tell your friends what great things the Lord has done for you. I don't know if the wild Gadarene was born again when he cast out those devils, but it seems to me that he lived a pretty good life where he had some friends beforehand. Okay, so it's possible that these people were born again, but I believe that these were most likely children of God that had been living in rebellion and sin in a modern day context on drugs, alcoholics, going to strip clubs, living in fornication, going, doing all of this just horrible things of the world. And those are the environments that these devils live in, okay? And there are God's children that can be deceived by them when they live in rebellion and sin against Almighty God. So let's look at a little bit of these characteristics of these unclean spirits. First of all, we know from James chapter 2 and verse 19 that they actually recognize that there is one God. James chapter 2 and verse 19. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. You know, it's not that big of a deal that somebody believes in monotheism. <laughs> the devils believe in monotheism. The devils believe that there's one God. And, and also, the devils believe. You think that belief, you think that you're choosing to believe that Jesus is the Son of God is the means by which you are granted admittance to heaven? Understand, the devils believe, and the devils in Jesus' ministry confessed that he was the Son of God. Now understand, that is the entrance into the kingdom. You confess Jesus the Son of God, but you don't confess him in the same way that those devils confess him. And they have a, a fear of him. They tremble. 
but it's not a godly reverential feel. So understand, these devils, they believe that there's one God. They believe in monotheism. And there are many instances in Jesus' ministry where unclean spirits and devils confessed Jesus as the Son of God. Matthew chapter 8 in Mark chapter 1 and verse 24, they called him the Holy One of God. I'll tell you, some of these devils have better theology than some Christians that deny the deity of Jesus Christ. Devils are confessing that Jesus is the Son of God, but there's people, there are Christians in America that are probably being deceived by devils that are denying the divinity, the eternal divinity of Jesus Christ. But devils know there's one God. Devils confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and they know there's a day coming. They know that there's a day of judgment. They tremble. They tremble, because just like the devil, they know they have but a short time. They know that there's a day of judgment coming. There are many devils that are presented in the Gospels, and they said, Lord, don't persecute us before our time. They know there's a day coming. We also see in Scripture that they speak through the person that they are inhabiting. This person that is possessed by a devil is just totally consumed and overwhelmed by this unclean spirit. It's not them speaking. It's the devil speaking through them which is just sobering to think about. So these devils speak through the person. We find that when a person is filled up with an unclean spirit, they have uncommon strength, right? The wild Gadarene, he cannot be bound with chains. You know, a natural man is not just going to burst out of chains, but when you are filled up with this unclean spirit, he just busted those chains. No man could tame the wild Gadarene. They tried to tame him. They put shackles on him, and he just busted right out of them. So people that are possessed with devils have this uncommon strength. We find that some people that are possessed with unclean spirits show suicidal tendencies. We find that the wild Gadarene was cutting himself. We find that there was a child that was throwing himself into the fire and into the waters. So these spirits are trying to kill their inhabitant. I mean, and that's something to be reminded of, right? Satan is the father of murder. And what are his devils literally trying to do? Now, they're trying to take away your abundant life, right? They're trying to take away your spiritual enjoyment, but they are trying to physically kill God's people. And boy, that is sobering. That is what Satan wanted to do to Job, wasn't it? He wanted to kill him. He wanted to take his physical life. But God wouldn't allow that to happen. But these were people that were displaying suicidal tendencies to cut themselves. I tell you, when people are cutting themselves, cutting their wrists, there's a high probability they are being influenced by an evil spirit, okay? When they're trying to commit suicide, when children of God get deceived and try to or even do commit suicide, they are being deceived by an evil spirit, okay? These evil spirits want to dwell in a place of death. They dwelt in tombs. The wild Gadarene dwelt in tombs. We find that they do things that are very inappropriate. These people were walking around naked. I mean, that's a shameful thing to people in their right mind, but these people were walking around naked. We've already seen that they can't be controlled, but they're also very violent. They're going to gnash on him. They tried to gnash on Jesus. There's also instances where they had seizures. They were having these seizures, and it's almost like the Spirit was trying to cast them into the fire, cast them into the water. So, seizures were very prevalent. Again, we noted 
that there are military ranks in Satan's kingdom of fallen angels. We know that the wild Gadarene in Mark chapter 5 introduced himself when Jesus asked what his name was. This unclean spirit introduced himself as legion for we are many. Out of Mary Magdalene was cast seven devils. So there is the devil but then there are legions of devils here in this world. And it's very interesting that apparently there was a legion, I think, references 12,000 people in the military rank. Is it possible that there were 12,000 unclean spirits dwelling inside this wild Gadarene? That would make sense why he had this uncommon strength, didn't he? If you have 12,000 of these unclean spirits inhabiting one man... So we see that unclean spirits are going to lead you to sin. They're going to tempt you, but they're going to try to kill you. They're going to try to get you to commit suicide. They're going to be very violent. And also, even though these unclean spirits acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God, they're going to try to get you to not believe that. We have this reference to the spirit of Antichrist. We know, as John said in this epistle, that Antichrist shall come. Antichrist singular, which is referring to the man of sin. Antichrist will come in the future, but there are many Antichrists. First John chapter 2 and verse 18. Little children, this is the last time. As ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, the man of sin, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby ye know it is the last time. And then we're told in 1 John chapter 4, you need to try the spirits because there are many false prophets that's come into this world. If anyone confess that Jesus is the Son of God, then that's evidence that the Spirit of God dwells in him. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 3, every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus is come in the flesh is not of God, and this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already is it also with you in the world. So the spirit of Antichrist is in the world and the rejection of the divinity of Jesus Christ, the, the rejection of Jesus, the Son of God, is one of Satan's main tactics here in this world. So we need to make sure that we live close to the shepherd, right? We need to make sure we live close to Jesus, live close to the Son of God. Because if we stray, if we stray away from the flock and we're a lost sheep all by ourselves. We can be in great peril to be tempted and influenced, possibly even possessed with these unclean spirits. It is possible, we see from Saul and other instances, it is possible for a child of God to be influenced and possibly even possessed with these unclean spirits. But resist the devil and he will flee from you. Always remember that the weapons of warfare, they're not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The armor of God is sufficient to protect us from Satan and the armor of God is sufficient to protect us from these unclean spirits as well. I hope this gives us more information to be able to faithfully fight and to faithfully withstand the temptations of Satan and his kingdom of darkness here in this world. We hope these thoughts are edifying to you, and God will bless us in our fight of faith. May God bless you.
If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your community. To find a Primitive Baptist Church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find further contact information, you can visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com. You can also find our program on iTunes under podcast entitled The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Radio Broadcast. If you listen and enjoy our program, we would love to hear from you. You may contact us by email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road, on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. We would love for you to come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We invite you to tune in again next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonderful the matchless grace of Jesus.